We want to give you guys opportunities to do that. That being said, Levi, come on up, Levi. It's going to be a while until you share because I just got to talk about you for a bit, bro. Yeah. I just got to honor this guy. Let me, let me say something about Levi. Levi, I don't know if you guys know the gifting this guy has prophetically. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I love getting voice messages from him because he usually sings to me. <laughs> I love it. God bless you, man. This guy uh, consistently provokes me in the area of hunger for the word. I know he wouldn't want me to say this, but I've seen this guy just absolutely be transformed through the power of reading the Bible. Really, really, the power of reading the Bible. I've seen this guy plow through three, four books a day. I remember coming home last summer and saying, what you doing, Levi? Well, went through Mark, and now I'm on 1 Corinthians, and uh, man, I'm pretty hungry. I think i got to read through 1 Samuel tonight, too. <laughs> like, my goodness, that's awesome. And uh, Levi's a dear brother. He's a student at Augsburg. Uh, he's been a part of the community here for a while. He stays at the house with us once in a while. And he's had a word. The Lord has done such a work in this guy's life that he got up and shared testimony a few months back. And and uh, he's got a word he's going to bring us about what Jesus has done. And uh, I'm really excited because this he's one of my favorite brothers. So let's stretch out our hands and just pray for our brother. He's, he's got a word in him, so it's just a matter of us receiving. So, Heavenly Father, I just bless my brother with your presence right now. Thank you, Jesus. You love to use your people to declare your message. So I ask that the power of the testimony of Jesus in Levi's life would encourage, even set people free tonight that have dealt with lies and need to know your love, God. And so I just bless my brother. I ask for peace. I ask for the anointing. God, that he would hear clearly. I bind anything that would try to hinder the work of God from operating in this place in Jesus' name. Hey, good luck. Good, man. Oh, good. 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 and be glorified in this place. Rise up and break down the lies we've had in our own lives. We believe that the Lord has not seen, has not heard, has not moved. And you are a God who sees, moves, and hears. And I pray that everyone here in this, in this place tonight will just know the truth of that. We know that you are a God who sees, moves, and feels. You feel the sufferings and the pain of your people. You are not a God who sits idly back and just watches. You are not a God who sits there idly and watches the Lord. And I just pray that you would just reveal yourself to hearts. I mean, I pray, I pray that you would Reveal the first two commandments to the two commandments to us, yeah. because command your commandments and the things you give to your people. The reason you command people to do things is because they are they are a reflection of your own attributes. And you you prayed that we said that you, you prayed that you would, we would love one another, that you would love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your heart, and all your mind. 
And the reason that you can say that is because you are three in one, and you have perfect unity and love between all three parts of you. You live in perfect unity, and I just pray that that would, that would become real in our hearts tonight. I just pray for the, and I just pray that you would give us the power to love others as you, as, you, as we've seen you love us. Because in truth, we cannot love unless we know the love you first had for us. All right, and I just want to open with, uh, I really, this is the first scripture that just kind of came to my heart, and uh, it's First Corinthians 13. It's, it's the it's the biblical definition of love, and I believe, and, and in First John it says that God is love. So this this is very central to understanding. I think I'm just gonna read the whole thing just because I don't know, it's awesome. <laughs> if I if I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, boastful, or arrogant, or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, or rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That is the and like I said, it says in First John that God is love. And if we don't understand this, we understand everything God does, even judgments, they're from His love, His deep love that He had for you when He went to the cross. And you've got to, that. That is something that every Christian it's central for you to understand that, or you're just going to start piling up lies. Uh, as Clint said last summer, I actually read through my entire Bible for the first time, and I stand before you as a, as a person who's professed to be a Christian for almost my entire life. I mean, there are a few years in there when I didn't, but I had no idea who God was. I just said it because it sounded cool, because you know, because I had I had I, you know, I grew up in a in a Christian home, and I went to church. But the problem is, I didn't read my Bible. I just saw this thing in the sky, and I just thought, you know, God, because I was angry with myself because of my own physical infirmities. And just things that, you know, just because I was, you know, just, I had a lot of internal struggles and hardships in my own life. And the problem is they started reflecting on my image of God. Mm-hmm. I saw God. I saw his anger. I saw his wrath. I didn't see any mercy in him. I just was like, why am I even doing this? I walked away from the Lord. But, you know, his mercy brought me back, you know. There was, there was a guy in my high school who just, just, you know, he was like, dude, you've got to come to church. And I was like, I don't want to. But, <laughs> but eventually, after like a year and a half, he finally, he finally convinced me. And, uh, but then, even then, like, you know, like, I started coming here, I've been here forever, but, I, but, uh, but the truth is, only like the last year, or maybe like more, maybe a little bit more than that, have I really felt that I am loved by God and know it in my inner man. And the reason, the reason isn't because of anything anyone did, it was because I went, I, I, a lot of you, I mean, I didn't really share this with anyone, but when I went to college, I was, I lived in a dorm for like one semester, and it was just, it was, it was torture, I had a lot of sin in my own life, a lot of things I was bound up in. I, I I was just I, I had nowhere to go and uh, it, it's funny because I had a cross and I hung it on my on the wall of my bedroom so no matter what I did if I went out drinking if I you know no matter what, no what I was doing that cross was always there to remind me and it actually started really irritating me like at a point in time I just like took it off the wall I was like I don't want to look at this anymore <laughs> but, but uh, then I was just like every night I was feel like God you gotta get me out of this I can't I can't do it you know I looked I looked everywhere I'm like I can't I, I literally I cannot I cannot force myself, I cannot push myself, I cannot do whatever I'm supposed to do to follow these like commandments you've given, you know, these things that you told me to do. And uh, that summer, I got to live with a bunch of Kinyatas guys, and 
it was just I just sat before him and I just I started reading his word just every now and everything. I just started really understanding that his love is that he's he's just you know, everything he does comes out of love. And the only way you can feel love is if you abide in him. He said one of his key commandments in John, he says, Abide in me and I will abide in you. The only way that you can possibly know the love of the Father is I mean, you, you believe in God, yes. If you believe in Jesus, you're saved. But you have no, you don't have a biblical basis for who He is. You're just going to start falling. It's going to be way harder, and you're just going to think you're just doing it your own strength. In fact, in Romans, Paul talks about the fact that we don't, you know, that, that uh, in God we have we have no strength of our, you know, like that we, that you can't boast before God. The reason you can't boast is because you can't do it on your own. When God, when, when God gave the commandments to Moses and to His and to the people. It was because he was angry, because they rejected our relationship with God. He's like, you want to know how righteous I am? You want to know who I am? Then follow these. And if you don't follow these, I'm just going to come down and start inflicting wrath upon you because you don't have any idea. You don't, you don't want to go after my heart. You want kings. You want prophets. You want people to rise up instead of me. You've rejected an intimacy with my heart. And then, but then he also like threw in the festivals and things we don't do now. And the reason for that is because that we have a relationship with God in our inner person. And the, only, the, reason, the reason those festivals and things were there was to reflect the person of Jesus Christ, you know, reflect all, reflect the things He's going to do, and just, you know, and just continually remind them, You're just trying to get them to turn. But then, then you know, then year, then years later, it just it didn't work out for Israel so well, and uh, I mean, they, they tried to, they tried to, like, you know, be kind of the poor afflicted, but it just, it didn't work, and they, and God kept sending prophets. A lot of people think prophets were, you know, wrathful and just kind of like sat there and yelled at them, but the truth is. God was calling them to turn. He was like, if you do, if you if you turn from your wicked ways today, if you bow down before me and not before any other gods, if you turn down your idols, if you tear down and you just, you, know, you sit in sackcloth and ashes, I will be merciful to you. I will restore you. Your king, you all have you all have a king that sits on the throne of David forever. And honestly, there was there was one there was one guy who I loved who actually understood that, and that was King David. And uh, the reason he was actually he actually operated in a very new covenant form, you know, very new covenant fashion. And the reason for that was because, like, when he sins before he he sleeps with another man's wife and actually kills the guy. So it's like one of the worst, you know, one of the worst possible things you could possibly do. And, and he, but but then when he but then when he realizes he sins, he goes, "No, I I sinned. The, the Lord before you alone have I sinned." And he just falls on his face and he weeps. And the Lord restores him. You know, he gives him a son who becomes actually the next king and one of the greatest kings that Israel ever knew. Uh, <laughs> Until he, before he fell away. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but then, <laughs> then, so then, then there was then there was a period of there was a period of complete silence. You know, then then eventually the Lord was like, you know what? There's a period of complete silence. But you're gonna have a king, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a man who's not like any who's not like any of the visions you have of the kings. He's gonna be a man of suffering. He's gonna be acquainted with your infirmity, infirmities. <laughs> he's gonna he's going to weep. And they were like, what's this? this? This isn't kingly at all. But then, <laughs> ten years later, you know, the Holy Spirit gives birth to Jesus. And, wow. And because uh, and and God literally was there screaming, no, I want everyone to know me. It's, it's not enough that I just have one remnant. And actually, in Ezekiel, it talks about, it talks about that I want my people's hearts to become flesh. They won't, they won't know me because of my wrath, but because their own hearts will convict them. They will be convicted of the wrongs and the things they have done. In fact, it said, you know, in fact, Ezekiel makes one really cool statement that I just picked up a few days ago, and it's, uh, I take delight in the death of no one. Turn to me and live. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is central to the personhood of Jesus Christ. He says, turn to me and you will, you turn to me and you will live. I will always let you live. And, uh, 
And that was actually the first call of Jesus and John the Apostle. They both said, they both said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, but the thing was, a lot of those people, they had, that, you know, it ties back into my testimony. They had their own image, they had their image of God. They thought that if they followed these laws and they did these things, if they did all this stuff, then God would, then when God came, he'd be, they, he would call them righteous and he would just like, just, you know, instantly reestablish his kingdom. But Jesus said, no, it's the humble, the brokenhearted, the hungry that need me. It's not, it's not the, you know, it's not the strong, it's, it's, not, it's, the, it's not the physicians, the physicians have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick, those who know, those who know that they cry out for a savior, the one who's forgiven little, loves little, you know, that, that was central to the person of Jesus Christ, and in fact, he also, and then, he also, in the beginning, he started talking about his commandments, and he asked, and he said, you, you've heard it said, if you murder a brother, then you'll be guilty of judgment, but I say to you, if you're angry with a brother, you've done the exact same thing. I tell you not to, they say, they say you don't commit adultery, but I say if you look at one person and lust after them, then, you could, then you're guilty. And, and also it says if you, if, you're, if you break one of the commandments, you're guilty of all of them. And in order to free us from that, he went, he went to death. He lived it out. He lived it out. He lived out the complete right. He lived out in complete righteousness. His, you know, the personhood, the, who God was. He was like, you want to, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And the reason you could say that was because he, he worked in signs and wonders. In fact, a lot of people worry about blaspheming the Holy Spirit, but the reason he said that was because they saw all these signs, these, these awesome things that they could never do. And Jesus said, you look at these, and, you're, and, you, and, you, and you still, still you want to cast me down because you're so wrapped in your own self-righteousness, you won't be forgiven because you're not going to turn. You're never going to look to me for help because you think you're so righteous that even when you know, amazing, amazing power falls, it's, just, it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing. But in fact, you know, and... and uh, and you know, and it says that, it, and it also in Ephesians it talks about, and, and then so then Christ went to the cross and he wept, and the, and the only thing God really wanted in the end, Jesus, all Jesus really wanted was intimacy. In Luke ten, it talks about about the Mary and Martha, and Martha and Mary like was worried about serving the Lord, and she got like all, or Martha was all, or Mary was all worried about serving the Lord, and like getting all busy, you know, like in the kitchen and uh, doing doing all these great things for the Lord, but then then Mary just sat and listened to him, and. Right. <laughs> And the Lord said, Martha, Martha, you were distracted about many things, but Mary's chosen the greater part that will not be taken away from her. And, uh, and also, like, the apostles, a lot of them, like Peter, he, the first thing he said, he saw, he saw this giant catch, like, he, like he, didn't, he, he wasn't sure they were going to catch any fish, but then Jesus said, cast your net over here, and you will catch tons of fish. And he bow, the first thing he does is bow down, and because I'm a sinful man, and he didn't say, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord, please forgive, you know, like, just, I'm a sinful man, go away. <laughs> and, uh, and he says, he said, "Rise up, and I'll make you fishers of men." And the reason, you know, a lot of people think it was like a holy thing that the apostles followed Jesus. It's because they saw hope. They saw the hope that they had in Jesus Christ. They saw their own depravity. They saw all these. They saw their own great things. I mean, tax collectors. A lot of people think you know, people collect money, but they were actually outcasted from the from the uh, synagogues and were actually like ousted from society, basically, because they tr- betrayed their own people. They were collecting money. Their own people, and then using, you know, like putting absorbent amounts on top of that, so they could feed themselves. Basically, the the government was basically set up so they could charge whatever they wanted, just to kind of appease them, because of in all the face of all the persecution. But when they saw, when Matthew saw Jesus, we actually called Levi. It's actually really cool. Like before he became Matthew, he's called Levi, and he was sitting at tax booth, and Jesus says, "Come, follow me." And he left, and he says he left everything. He didn't, he didn't take. He wasn't like, "Hey, look at this bag of money or anything," because he was so focused on help. He just saw, like, he was like. This great holy man has called me to follow him. I'm going to get up. I'm going to leave everything. I don't. I don't care. You know, like come on. <laughs> that's just that's that's really. I mean, then even at the end, that was really just Jesus' message. Was you, you should get the, the, re, the re, but the reason and love is not a stagnant thing. Like when it says the Father, you thought the you love. Uh, the mystery is this: not that we love the Father, but He first loved us. And love is active. 
You can't say, I've been saved once, I'm good forever. The idea of love, love is just a continual outpouring of Christ's own spirit. And, you, and the only way, and the only way you can love, you can't, you can't, you know, like you don't tell a girlfriend you love them and never talk to them again. <laughs> like that's just, that just wouldn't work. You know, this would be very strange and messed up. It also, and, and I. That's <laughs> pretty clear. Yeah. But, and then, and, and then I, uh, you know, I, I thought when I, when I lived in that dorm room, I was like, I looked at all those commandments and everything, and I just was like, I'm never gonna be able to do this. And the Bible actually teaches, no, you can't, because who's, who's going to save me from this body of death? Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, and uh, it also says the love of God is this, yes. that we keep His commandments and not burdensome. Why are they burdensome? Because you spend time with the person of Jesus Christ. You spend time praying. You spend time believing. It says you pray in faith, you will receive. And like, and, 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 he, said, and he said, you know, you, 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 uh, you, you give your son, like, if, you, if your little boy asks for food, will you give him a scorpion? If you ask for water, will you give him, like, you know, will you give him a snake? He's like, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Yes. You know? yes. That's, that's true. If you, if you come with desperation, He will, he will yes. meet you. Like, honestly, people, like, Clint was talking about it, it was all cool or something, and I went over there, but I was just desperate. You know, I was like, I have nothing, I have nothing left. Like, if I don't, if, if God doesn't come through, I'm, I'm never, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a walking dead person, you know. I'm, I'm, it's never going to feel alive to me. So I just, I just basically just sat there, just like, and I just was like, I, I really got, you know, I'm just gonna sit here until I figure this out. <laughs> and uh, that was really what it was. It was just, you know, it was by His grace that I just kept reading, and I just, even when I didn't feel it, I would just keep going because that was the That's only, fun. that was the only hope I had. And honestly, like at first, like a lot of, like I, I had to leave my computer in my house just because I was, you know, using it, and looking at things, and just being distracted by it all the time. And my own emotions were just so. I mean, a lot of nasty emotions came out. Like, I was kind of angry and really antsy, and I was like, what's going on? And it was just, yeah. it was just God healing my heart, you know. He, just, he, need, he needed to come in, and he needed to, he needed to convict me of things, and just, you know, just be like, be quiet, be still, and rest, you know. Like, I can't remember the exact verse, but when Isaiah talks about that, it says that the, 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 the quietness and rest, the quietness and rest will be your strength. Like, that will be your strength. Not that you can do anything, but because you, you are quiet and you rest. And that, I mean, that's honestly just the gist of my... My testimony. The next thing I want to go to is a, is a parable of the blind men in Matthew 20. I'm just going to open because, yeah, whatever, yeah, I did. Okay, I did. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Bless you, Levi. It's coming yeah. out. It, it will. It, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's good. It's good. It's coming. Uh, I just didn't put a brick mark in Matthew 20, and I should have for sure. Uh, all right. As, okay, so this is Jesus and the disciples, and it says, As they were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they shouted, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And the crowd sternly ordered them, be quiet. But they shouted even more loudly, have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. And Jesus stood still, and he called them and saying, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes. Immediately, they opened, immediately they opened, they received their sight, and they followed him. There are some very, there's some very good points in that. One is that they were de- they, okay? One is that they were very desperate. They were very desperate men. They, they when people told them to shut up and just like stop seeking after this holy man who's walking through the city, they were like, no, I have to, I have to, be, I have to know him. I have to be healed. You know, they, they didn't have any, they didn't have any kind of self restraint. They were just like these 
poor beggars. They just like everyone's like, we need Jesus, and he stopped and he listened to them, and because and then because they saw like the hope that you know they get, and uh, then he heals their eyes out of compassion. I think that's really important to realize because God never does anything because we deserve it. He never does it because I did something to deserve His love. He does it because He has compassion upon me and He loves me. And because I abide in His love, it's just a continuous cycle. And because He loves me, He pours out healings and miracles and things upon me instead of <laughs> instead of just giving what I deserve, which is basically hell, death, and sin. You know? <laughs> no hope at all. It's <laughs> So good. And, it's, so and then it says that they got up and they followed him. The reason they followed him wasn't because they had some kind of great like they weren't they weren't like oh this sounds like a good idea look at this dude he's just gonna you know we're just, this cool he just healed us we're just gonna follow him. No, it's because they saw they had hope. They were like, dude, this man healed our eyes and he's like the, he's the holy one of God. I I don't have anything. Let's just, let's go follow this man like with wholehearted abandonment. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. honestly. That's honestly just what they did, you know. They just they, they lived that out, and that's just one. Of, I think that's one of the most powerful testaments to who the person of Jesus Christ is. He comes to the broken, the sick, the lonely, the, the needy, the oppressed. Sorry, I took my note down. I'm cool. Anyway, uh, oh yeah, that's the other point I was going to make. Uh, I thought I thought that my own. And like just, just to kind of wrap things up, I, I thought that my own hurts and my own disabilities and things were the will of God, but God, but Jesus came and He said there is no sickness in heaven. He didn't, He didn't just preach it; He lived it. He laid hands on people, and all of a sudden they would heal. They would spring up. They they weren't they weren't dead. And and He said, and it says that He He like in Ephesians it talks about He ascended. What does it mean? But He also descended the lower depths of the earth and got the key, like you know overcame death and the grave for us, so that we might meet Him in heaven. And the reason, the reason, the reason he did that was not, yeah, like one, because not because we deserved it. Yeah, he, just, he overcame, he overcame those things, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like sickness. He doesn't like disease. Yes. Just because we have them, doesn't, he's not. He he allows other voices in the universe for now. He will shut them down. They will, he will rise yeah. up and he will strike them down. Yeah. He is not the only voice. Yeah. So when people say like. You know, like I'm only if someone's dead. Oh, it must be the will of God, or you're disabled. It must be the will of God, or just God, you know, just God's doing something for you. Know, it's, it's, it's all His will. It's not all His will. That's he wants right. you to contend for it and to abide in Him and believe in Him yeah. and overcome those things through Him. <laughs> through Him, you will be saved. It's not. Yes. It's not. You, you don't. You don't just accept. Lay back and accept. Accept every wind of doctrine, everything that comes your way. You don't just lay back and accept it. You rise up and you say, Jesus Christ, you are my strength, you are my rock, and I will yes. believe in you with wholehearted abandonment, even when it seems irrational, you know, like, yes. I will just, I will believe for these things, and I'm, and I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't let in death, because, I mean, and it's even proven, like, in the gospel, in the Old Testament, it says that Adam lived for, like, 700 and something years, I mean, that's ridiculous, <laughs> you know, like, they lived for, like, ridiculously long amounts of time, but because of, it's because of their wickedness, and because of the things they did, they were cut. It was cut. The the length, the lifespan of a man was cut short. The reason for that is because they were so wicked. And I mean, if Adolf Hitler lived forever, that would just be that would, just, that would be not, not good for anyone. <laughs> so he came. So he had. You know, he had. To put, he had to put a like, stopping in a way. You know, he had to be like, no. There's got to be judgment for these people, and they can't go. They can't just go on forever. And uh, yeah, that's just something that really, really been impressed on my heart is. We, we, we are we are people of a heavenly kingdom. We are adopt, we are adopted. I mean, you're you are grafted into a vine of life. And if you don't if you don't like if you don't press in 
And like, you know, actively, you know, load is a, is a verb. It's not just something you sit back and it's not stagnant. And if you don't actually press in, it's never going, it's, you're never going to get any of that because you're just going to, you're going to feel like it's my strength. And you'll be like, oh, look at, that. I mean, that's basically what like old school Judaism is. It's like, oh, look at these laws. I guess I have to follow them. And it's really hard. And I don't, I don't understand it. Why, if, if God gives mercy, then why, when freedom and grace, and why is it so hard for me? The reason is because it's really, you, I mean, it's hard to abide in the Word of God. And I understand that there's a lot of hurts and it's, just, it's distracting and it's hard. And I know that. I know. I know it's difficult. When you're really broken, you don't want it. You're just like, I, I just want to lay here and wallow in my, in my hurt. But the truth is, if you reach out to God, He will reach out to you. So you, if you take the smallest step of faith forward, He will come to you. you, you just have, I mean, all, all it takes is just, I mean, and really, honestly, like, the, the idea, you know, the idea is that, is that He keeps us from all sin, but if you do sin, you have an advocate, He's faithful and just to forgive you. The idea is you come to Him and you're just like, I know, I know I've sinned before you alone have I sinned. Please help me. And he's just like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for you. I'm not, I'm not here to condemn you. I didn't come to, con- I didn't come to, I didn't, I didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And it says, he's, and, it, and it says he's faithful, it says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Faithful and just. I mean, that's really, really important for you to understand. He, he's not, he's not the one hanging, hanging like fears and lies over your head. That is actually, that, that fear involves torment. So if you're being tormented by something you've already, you know you've already been forgiven of, that is not the will of God. That it says that you, you abide in His love. He will start casting out those fears and those torments and those things that have kept you bound up for so long. It's, it's not. It's not His will that would, he's, he's not there, just sitting like waiting for you. Like, all right, you're gonna sin again. Come on, go do that. No, no, that's not who He is at all. He is a loving and passionate and zealous Father who, who rises up to protect His children. I mean, they were in, and He told they told Israel He told, he told Israel to protect the poor, but. But when they, even when they didn't, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar came in. He was like one of the most cruel, I mean, he was one of the most cruel kings that ever lived, but the Lord really used him. And it says that the poor and the oppressed got vineyards and, and valleys and things of their own. Wow. And, and everyone else was driven out of the city. God, like, still in his mercy, in his, because that's who he is. He only gets you command because that's who he is. Like, that, he came in and he just, like, let them have the valleys and the things that the, the Israelites never let them have before. Mm. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that about does it for most of what I have to say. We're not done yet. <laughs> How many are getting blessed? Can, can you can you say something to us about what you struggled with? What was your what was your physical limitation? What was it that you I can't my my spine is fused a little bit and my and I can't really I mean I I mean it's this is just difficult but I know I have I have a hope that one day it won't be that way. Whether it's right now or later, I mean, I know, I know that's it's, it's not who I am. The, the problem, like I was going to say, the problem with the problem with you not reading your Bible and, and leaving God just kind of up in the sky is you start it's you start attributing that to Him. You think that it, you think that it's His, you know, His idea and His will for that, but it's not. It's not. It's not the truth. It's, it's hard. It's, it's so difficult to live as Christians who don't read their word. I mean, that's that's just not. That was never. That's, that's never what it was meant to be. It was never meant to be. Oh, I'm saved. I can just go do whatever I want now. So did so did your affliction? Did it kind of oppress you for most of your? Well, I thought I thought that's who God. I thought that's who, that's kind of who God was because I was angry and I was like, I can't do these things. Why can't I do these things? Then, well, yeah. what what changed? But how did that change? Because you're a different person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just felt we could all see it. I felt yeah, the Father's. I just felt the Father's love. You know, I just sat there. I was like, I, I need I need love, and I don't I don't even know what that looks like, but I'm I'm, I'm willing to find out. You know. And, that's really that's really all it is. I mean, he's not he's not looking he's not looking to you to like screw up again. He's looking to you just come to him and be like, I'm broken, I'm hurt, I need you. I mean, 
It says a lot of truth, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It just comes out of it. He's got a lot of it in him because he read the scriptures. And he read it. God revealed himself to him. Your, your mother must be proud of you. <laughs> I have no idea. How do you feel? <laughs> huh? I'm very proud of it. Very proud. We are too. We are too. We've seen God take him from a victor, a victim to a victor. Yeah. Sure. I knew you when you were a victim. Yeah, you, I, I kind of plateaued for a while because I just I kept coming here. And, I mean, really, this, this is my family, and they, and they, they yeah. were there and they supported me. But if you don't know God's heart for you, it's, just, it's, it's hard. It's hard for someone. You can't. If people only hear what they want to hear, I mean, that's, that's something that's really impressed on my heart. Is you can only hear as deep as you're allowing your heart to feel that. Like someone can say, "I love you," but it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if you, if you can't feel it in your own heart. I mean, you're just like, "That's cool, whatever." You know, you, you can he can't help but let it come out. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> He's got so much in him that there's a river here. Oh, it just keeps coming out. It's wonderful. See, he wasn't a year ago. He wasn't here. There's a year. It was a year ago today. A oh, year ago. Today. Yeah. It was my birthday a few weeks. It was really strange. Last Easter, huh? Yeah. Yeah, my birthday is actually I just want y'all to know he was born on Easter Sunday. Oh! Wow. That's right. It's your new birth, my brother. What's your name again? Jan. Jan, let's bless Jan. And his dad couldn't be here tonight? Okay. Well, we bless Jan tonight. Yeah. Actually, I wanted, and I wanted to close with something right after you're done talking. Just to you right. Okay, that works for me. I'm not surprised. We bless Jan, her husband. We bless them, and uh, we thank God for the son He gave them, and that they stood with Him. And they believed in him at times. He couldn't believe in himself. And Jan believed. Thank you for the love of a mother and a father who, who believe for their children when they're struggling to believe. We thank you now that uh, Polly is uh, a believer. A believer in God. He knows that God believes in him. It says in Psalm 56, This I know that God is for me. And he found that out. That God wasn't against him. Got rid of his anger. You just let your anger go. Do you want to close with something? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to close the prayer and uh, and just something like some of you still wonder like why like if you're if you're ever, if you ever wonder like why can the God there's a very there's a very public declaration that Jesus makes. He says, "Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light." And I just pray that over all of you right now. I just pray you feel. Let me. I want to. I want you to pray over Lord Jesus. I know that there are people here who need what He just said. Who feel like maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're.